Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you build it, he will. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal. It's OU Texas Friday. It's one of the best days on the sporting calendar. And just a day away from it. It's almost like Christmas Eve uh, for Oklahoma and Texas fans. And quite frankly, this year, probably a whole bunch of other fans that hate OU that can't wait to watch them get pummeled in the Cotton Bowl tomorrow. Not so fast, my friend. The game is a little bit different than everybody, all the other games. So we'll talk about that. Got Scott Garrison in here. I'm sure he's got some thoughts. Uh, we, may have a, we may have a pessimistic off today between Scott and Jared to see who's more pessimistic about Oklahoma's chances tomorrow. Uh, against the Longhorns. Was last night the worst game in NFL history? Oh, my goodness. There are some numbers that might support that. Uh, which games are you looking forward to this weekend around the NFL? Obviously, college football would be a big topic today with OU Texas, Oklahoma State trying to avoid a landmine that is Texas Tech. KU, can they stay unbeaten and be 6-0 and headed to Norman next week? Kansas State, the Wildcats, still lurking kind of behind in the shadows. Uh, but with a chance to really kind of take an, another step forward and be conference favorites with Oklahoma State. Around the country, Saban versus Fisher. Will Nick score 100 if he can? Um, I, I threw out my Josh Heupel theory yesterday. Jared didn't really seem to to favor it all that much. I don't know if it's because he doesn't think Tennessee can win those games. I'll ask Scott. Did you hear it? I did not. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to, about that as we move along. And then you, UCLA can throw a wrench into the Pac-12's um, collision course between Utah and USC uh, with the win over the Utes tomorrow in the Rose Bowl. We've got fall baseball, fast-pitch softball results to talk about, a couple of games on the high school football gridiron last night of interest, and then, of course, all the games that are going on this evening. So that's what we got on our, our, on our uh, docket. Feel free to chime in. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Chime in. 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. The app's got the radio. It's got the penny news. 
It's also got Big Elk TV and Paragon TV that will be on air uh, not only tonight, but also here in about 50 minutes, we'll have some Big Elk TV with the softball team uh, down in Lone Grove. So there's that. Uh, we'll tell you all about what's going on today on the networks. Skinny on Sports podcast available if you miss the show entirely. iTunes and KADSAM.com. Good morning, Jared. How are you? I've, uh, I woke up about eight times last night checking the weather app to see <laughs> if there was going to be rain tonight and cash. I think we're going to avoid it still. I think we are. We better take the stuff that we have planned to take, but I don't know if we need to unload it. I'm just glad it's raining. Oh, of course. And yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to be inside. <laughs> yeah, that's the you're good going to be point. inside. We're, we're going to be point. we're going to be out on top of the press box yeah, tonight. That's a good point. Our friends down in Cash are no longer have the coolest press box that we go to since we don't get to be inside it. They might uh, have the prettiest top of the press box. I don't know. Yeah. I wish I wish you were inside of it. I Aaron, wish I was. I, I'm glad that Jerry. <laughs> the voice you hear Good is night. one of rage uh, from uh, Mr. Scott Garrison, Garrison Financial. It's a Financial Friday with Scott. He is still upset uh, with Jared's cowardly act of, of talking down about you uh, about his Pittsburgh Steelers. I just thought he's a better person than that. I'm not. Sh- I don't even remember you what don't, I you said. Don't, I, you don't know I, him very well. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I mean, you know, I'm feeling down. I'm I'm upset, and I'm driving home from Dallas. Last week, you know, trying to find something positive, and and I'm listening to the podcast because I was in meetings, and he's trashing my Steelers. I mean, it's just it hurts. It hurts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saying trashed that your saying Steelers. that I wouldn't wear a Steeler hat, and at, that was at before the, the, the at the Cowboys <laughs> golf that, course. That was before the Jets beat him. Oh God. <laughs> now let me ask you this though, Scott. You did get beat by the Jets. After having what, like a ten point lead or something like yeah. that, but it does appear there is a little bit of a glimmer there's, of hope with Kenny hope. Pickett. There's hope. He looks good. I it, mean, his two his picks were tip balls mm-hmm. and hail mary and a hail mary. Yeah, he could have literally been twelve for twelve. Yeah, in his debut with two rushing touchdowns before having to throw that hail and mary. And possibly the worst offensive line <coughs> in professional football. If only his hands were bigger. <laughs> This guy, I'm sorry. I tell you, just no positivity. It's at all. easy for oh, me. Wait till we get to talk about the OU game. Uh, <laughs> it, it's easy for me to uh, be critical because because the Dallas Cowboys are are uh, three and one. Yeah, but the Dallas Cowboys always start out like six and two, and then they're not always. They're, they're I mean, this is taking a similar to path to when last was the year. Last time you guys won a playoff game, it's been a bit. Were you 2000, nah, 2018. Oh, okay. They beat the Seahawks. That one time. That that's one right, time. That's right, that's right. 2018. One time. Then lost to the, the year the Rams got beaten. The, Sounds the like Super Oklahoma Bowl. State fans talking about how Bedlam's <laughs> actually a rivalry. <laughs> oh, dear. We may get in trouble today. <laughs> okay. we, th- this is why we always ask Scott to have some financial information so, <laughs> so that we, we keep everybody happy and, and not, not, you know, get mad. 50% of the listeners getting mad. Uh, no. All right, I want to ask you, this is Oklahoma-Texas. It's, it, to me, the coolest game that's played for sure in college football, maybe in sports, just not not because – or not only because of the rivalry between those two schools, but the pageantry that goes along with it. Down there in the middle of the uh, – the Cotton Bowl's in the middle of the fair and the, the stadium split the way that it is. I know you've been down there because 
any real OU fan has gone to that game. Absolutely. Tell me what you like about it. Tell me what uh, uh, you know. Your maybe some of your memories about being in the Cotton Bowl in certain years and in certain games. Well, what I like about it the most is that that is the same reason why I haven't taken my son yet. Uh, I told my son when he was 16 that he would be old enough to go because <laughs> it's I it's. It is an atmosphere that is absolutely mind-blowing. You see men that you know don't act like that <laughs> in everyday life act like complete idiots. Uh, yeah, that, but it's fun. It's, it's, it's a really good time. Um, talk about having financial stuff. I stopped going several years ago because I looked at Melissa on the way home one day and I said, we could have gone to Mexico for <laughs> five days. We could have yeah. laid on the beach for what we spent on this weekend. It is people that have never been have no idea just how insane Oklahoma and Texas fans get for two days. Yeah, and it's really it's tame compared to you know what our dads would have experienced oh. going down there back in the day with Commerce Street and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, in '99, my first time ever was '99 when Bob Stoops. Just beat the dog out of them, sixty-three to four. Oh, 2000, 2000. 2000, 2000 Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, they got up on yep. them. That was the infamous yep. Mike Leach fake uh, playbook, playbook thing. Then <laughs> OU started out good, and then Texas realized, oh, that's fake. Throw that and, away. And then they, they beat <laughs> OU down. But yeah, yeah, two thousand. Yeah, that was my first time, and it was fantastic. See, my first one was oh nine when Oklahoma Bradford was coming back from the injury. Uh, Oklahoma was not supposed to win. Texas was on the way to playing for the national title, but they also, I mean, the the fear that they would blow that game yes. was, I mean, you could you could feel how scared they were that they were going to blow that game. Absolutely. And if you, the, the, uh, leading up into that game, that team didn't look that good. No. Texas yeah. didn't. It didn't look that good, but then as soon as they got past that one, That's they true. started blowing people out. That, that 2000 <clears throat> game. To tell you how crazy OU fans get about it, I went in to see Dr. Bowie a week before, and he uh -huh. said, yeah, you've got a pretty severe hernia, and we'll schedule surgery for next week. <laughs> and I said, no, you won't. <laughs> you will give me some drugs, and you will schedule surgery for two weeks. I'm surprised that because he I'm going to the game. I'm surprised he had put himself in that position. <laughs> <laughs> in case something went bad, not get down there on a Friday or That's something. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it's the only place in the world. Speaking of of the money part, it's the only place in the world where it's acceptable at say nine o'clock in the morning to spend about twenty five dollars on a corn dog and a wax paper cup full of beer. That's true, and and fried cheesecake or fried Oreos or fried beer. I mean, yeah, it's fried everything. Fried, I haven't. If you can eat it, they can fry it. <clears throat> fried Dr Pepper. Drink it too. Yeah, they can fry it. I have not tried any of those things. I, I tried the fried cheesecake. It was really good. Was it good? I am not trying fried Dr. Pepper. I tried fried butter one time down there. Oh. It was terrible. Oh. It was terrible. It was well, it was a choice made after a game in which Oklahoma won. I think it was twenty twelve. The infamous uh yeah, the Texas the, the, the cute girl from Texas in the stands when they fumbled and she just goes Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Uh, I exited earlier that day because I was just ready to go party. Can you? And imagine so by the time we left, fried butter was on the way. I was like, "Well, I bet that's good." Yeah, oh, wrong. Oh, that it wasn't terrible. any good. What yeah. any good? That hurts my heart, and not 
because you broke it because physically that hurts my heart. <laughs> well, they had to get out. The, they had to get out the there. paddles on the way yeah. back on the bus we rode. <laughs> shot me back in. Oh. oh, so hey, tell me about the, okay. the high school nil. So stuff. Hi, uh, yesterday, I guess it was actually uh, Wednesday. Wednesday morning, uh, Coach Maynard was sitting right here. We were talking to him when the OSSA released those guidelines out uh, concerning the high school nil. So basically, it's pr- it's pretty simple. Okay, people from whatever town can pay the athletes within that town to to be a part of what they do. They cannot, the athlete themselves, they cannot be, it's not supposed to be based on performance or achievement. (laughs) Okay. Not a hundred bucks for a touchdown. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Now I know when I first read it too, I was like, oh yeah. You're not going to pick the ones doing good. <laughs> Instead okay, of, I got well, you. But yeah, that's what I got you. But my, I was my same reaction. Well, my reaction was the same as yours. Like, oh, you kidding me? Of course it's going to be. Rep- but <laughs> but yeah, Jared's right. What that means is you can't give hundred dollar touchdowns, two hundred dollar sacks, and all that kind of stuff. Grand slam, five hundred bucks. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be an incentive to enroll in a certain school. Meaning you can't pay somebody else's kid to come to your school. Uh, it's Good also that. Yeah, I was gonna say, come on, <laughs> and it that's coming. And it also can't be provided. The, the compensation cannot be provided by the school or a person acting as an agent for the school. So I, that is interesting to me, the acting as an agent because are we in our capacity with Big Elk TV acting as an agent for the school? That's a good point. I don't know. So that's that's a little bit of a gray area, kind of the only gray if you, area. If you if you sponsor and something at the school, yeah, like say Jordan, you? you know he's giving away those T-shirts sure. at all the games yeah, sure. and, and all that stuff with the pictures. He, I would say he is a gas that company is acting as an agent for the school, right? Right. So that's that's pretty hmm. pretty interesting. The gray area that, that could cause now. As the whatever the compensation, whatever you're having to do for that compensation, whether it be, you know, commercial or whatever, as that is happening, the student athlete cannot have any sort of logo or name of the school, the mascot, anything trademarked by the OSSA. And and then the, there's a whole bunch of other similar things. You can't be at the school facilities. Uh, you can't. You can't endorse tobacco or beer or something like that. That's off the, you know. I mean, that it's illegal for you to take anyway. Yeah. That, well, and the, <laughs> that, that the OSSA deems um, uh, non policies that are uh, the district non tasteful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you also probably need to contact if it's a recruited athlete to make sure where they're headed. It's compliant with you know somebody's going to OU or OSU or whatever. Just to make sure that all is is in in well, lock. I hope st- you also tell that athlete to go get a CPA because now there's two hundred and seventy thousand new IRS agents that are going to come knocking on their door. So, giving an eighteen year old money when they're seventeen or sixteen year old money, I hope you're uh, realizing that that's income. Yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> I think it, it, in a lot of ways though, I love that the OSSA got out in front of this and and put these put these guidelines in place because now everybody knows what the rules are. Everybody knows uh, totally different than what happened when Pandora's box was open uh, with NCAA stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I think it's a shame that, that I think it's a shame when kids leave high school in the spring, right? Let alone doing what Ewers did 
when he missed his entire senior year. I mean, you're never going to get that time back. You know, you might break your femur the first game of whatever, of your collegiate career, and mm-hmm. you're never going to get to be a senior in high school again. I just – I don't see the benefit. I know coaches are ready for those kids to get to to get to the school and, and start doing their thing, and I know that a lot of these kids are really smart, and shoot, some of them have had a year and a half of college before they leave high right. school. Yeah. But, man, be a kid. Live it. I like that this is going to be available for, for some of these guys, some of these guys and gals, because not everybody thinks that, okay, naturally I'm great in high school, so naturally the next step for me is college where I can go and make some more NIL deals. If you really look at it, the numbers going on to play college athletics is not its not a high number. It's a still a small percentage. Now, we're engrossed in the recruiting thing, and it makes you think that there's a ton of kids that go on to the next level. So what I like about this is that kids that probably don't have that opportunity or won't have that opportunity to play college athletics, well, here's an NIL deal for you in high school while you're in high school. And I, I like how the OSSA is getting ahead of it. Get to be celebrated a little bit in high school. Yeah, just you know a little bit. And – Let's, I think it's ridiculous. Well, well, okay. Let's, let's. I mean, the whole. I'm glad the OSSA did what they did, and it's it's a thing. Very rarely do we see them be proactive on things. It's normally pretty reactive uh, body. But the fact that they're having to be proactive on the payment of high school athletes is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, they're, they're, they had to force their hand. I mean, their hand was. They forced, have to right? do it. Yeah, but it's so ridiculous. It. Can you? I, I just cannot imagine having a company and paying. A uh, seventeen-year-old high school junior endorsement money. But what if we? What <laughs> if what? But I, you know, I, I mean, I say that. But uh, how old was Serena Williams when she went pro? Oh gosh, thirteen or fourteen. So right. I, I say that. I don't know. Depending on which, I, if Victor Wimbenyama yeah. was a big elk, I promise you, he'd be getting some cash. No, he, he wouldn't be a big elk. He'd be a Bishop McGinnis. <laughs> well, Whatever. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have mentioned a name. See there? <laughs> he will, uh, yeah. What about the, the positive? What about what if there's what if Johnny comes from a family that's not doing so good? And he's really good yeah. at, you know, and it's like, okay, a car dealership. You know what? This is a way we can help out that family. Let's Let's give him an NIL deal. And then there's a source of income for that family. Uh, you see what I'm saying? There's a legal way to do it now. There is. But at the end of the day, as far as a high school athlete, their their endorsement capabilities are almost none. Right? I mean, what? I'll you're bet you're, you, in, you're I'll, in business. I mean, I'll bet you Jinx and, and uh, Union probably get some pretty decent. Yeah, no? Well, no? I mean, I, I, what I mean is by – I know what you're saying. Yeah, giving the money to get them there. Yeah. But I'm talking about once they're there and they're actually going to be endorsing a product. Who in the world is listening to somebody like that to go buy a product? Nobody. So it, I, I think in a lot of ways, as you started laughing as soon as I talked about this, <laughs> it's a way to put out the guidelines of how to cheat. That's good to point. get the people there. That's a good point. This is what you can't do. This is this is how you need to cheat if you're going to cheat. That's instead of just letting it go. <laughs> well, no, instead of it just being the wild wild oh, west, man. at least there's some. At least there's a little bit of demarcation on how to do it. Ugh. Instead of just you know everybody getting bags of cash this to go true. to wherever. I mean, now <laughs> here's a good question. Just for the fun of it, 
or I don't know if, know if you want to do this. Who would you want to represent your company, Scott? Like what play? You know, I got one in mind, at least for a big elk in mind. Because he just seems like he has. This- I tell you who I would have wanted to to do this a couple years back, just because of who he was and who his dad was, and he probably kind of had an idea of what you do, Alex Waters. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, kid yeah. like you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really smart kid. Really yeah, smart. You kid. bet. Yep. You bet. Yeah, don't put me on the spot to, to pick a kid <laughs> on this year's team. You kidding me? Oh, this is fun. Yeah, yeah, that's to be the football I team. Just it made, could be the softball. Just team. made seventy nine yeah. players mad. Yeah. It can, <laughs> hey, it, we can, it can be the soccer team, and you just go say, you know what, my son. There you uh, go. Okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, Sam, Sam's on the football team. He just can't play because of his hip. That's right. He's still not yep. able to able to go. Yeah. Now we're probably going to have to do surgery on a labrum tear. But we oh, can talk no. about that. Oh, I mean. Dear. Oh, no. I don't know. We're gonna have to figure out this this labrum thing that's going on with all these kids these days. It's uh, it's all over the place. It's not just it's not just girls. It's boys. It's yep. it, it, there's a lot going on there. All right. Last thing. What's gonna happen tomorrow? My uh, my my brain says Ewers comes out and hangs half a hundred on my Sooners, and it's it's horrific. Um, my heart says, oh, you could come out there and win. 18 to 14 and i i've seen i've seen plenty of tech OU texas games that end like that i've seen plenty you know i, I mentioned another quote-unquote rivalry earlier that everybody says you never know what's going to happen well 90 percent of the time we know what's going to happen in that other rivalry mm-hmm. but in this one you don't know i mean don't wouldn't you say we've seen worse Texas teams beat better Oklahoma teams Absolutely. than what's happening tomorrow? Absolutely. I think so, too. And wouldn't you say that you've seen worse? I don't know. If John we, Blake won this game, for God's sake. Amen. Anything can happen. Amen. <laughs> I think Schnellenberger did, too, he, didn't he? I think he tied. Did he tie? He tied. He tied. He tied. Yeah, he tied. Yeah. Schnellenberger tied. He tied that one and Bedlam, didn't he? I don't, or did he get blown out? I can't I remember, remember the years all run together. That, yeah. That one year was a blur. <laughs> <laughs> Schnellenberger. Nobody. Hey, I mean, you got to go. I, I want to hear the Tennessee's theory, but we can. Oh do yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Quick. Okay, yeah, okay. So, a good one. and I didn't disagree. I just I was agreeing that. Okay, so right a lot now, of similarities here. Th- this is October. Okay, what year is this of Josh Heupel's Tennessee career? Second year. Second year. In the month of October, he is going to play. Already played Florida, number twenty. He plays number twenty-five LSU I'd next see where week. You're going he plays number one Alabama in, in on the four, the fifteenth. So next week, this week it's twenty-five. Next week it's number one. Then they get UT Martin in between, which that didn't happen back then. But the final game of October is against number thirteen Kentucky, and then oh by the way, squeeze in number two Georgia the first week of November. So could this be Orange October, following in the footsteps? And oh by the way, the quarterback that led. Red October back in 2000. That's very, very cool point. Very cool point. I hope they win this week at Baton Rouge because next week's going to be a zoo in Neyland Stadium with Bama coming in. Hey, if they can win this week. You know, I, I mean, Tennessee, the atmosphere, the we were supposed to go to that, and then Cliff's wife got pregnant. We were supposed to drive our Shelbys to that, and then mm-hmm. thanks, Cliff. Yeah, appreciate so, that. Yeah, oh, let's have a kid. <laughs> so didn't drive the Shelbys to Tennessee. So sat on a buddy's back porch and watched the game there. But. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember jumping in the arms of one Alfred Thumper Gallion 
in the bar at the Elk City Coffee Country Club when Zach Sanchez, everybody yelled, Sanchez! And I jumped in his arms after the Elk Sludge Tournament in 2015. Uh, you know, I jumped in a pool, quite literally. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, I may or may not have the video, <laughs> but um, that game was crazy. I wish I, and I had a buddy there. That atmosphere is really cool. The sailgating that they do. Hearing everybody sing Rocky Top, it's it's and a great atmosphere. And they put off having a kid for six more months. Yeah. So I mean, uh, but aren't they like? Yeah, a, thanks a lot, Cliff. But the similarities. <laughs> I'm getting mad about it just for you now. But the similarities are are pretty. They're pretty wild. I mean, it, like we back then, it was talking about OU, Sleeping Giant, and Absolutely. Tennessee, definitely in that category. And I think high point. Well, I've been high on Tennessee. That quarterback yeah. at Tennessee is a very intriguing and and. Uh, intellectual young man yeah hooker he, he's hooker. an athlete but he's he's got it upstairs too and then they got that dude from michigan that milton mm-hmm. have you seen him throw he throws a football 60 yards in the air like i would just toss you a piece of paper right here in the studio yeah. that dude's got a cannon well i mean maybe you know maybe tomorrow we'll play our tight end at quarterback he's, <laughs> he's throwing a better touchdown a prettier touchdown pass than what we've had so far oh heavens i didn't say that. all right it's uh <laughs> it's a garrison financial friday with scott uh, the two most pessimistic ou fans that i know right now <laughs> in the same room together with me uh scott can do it all full financial planning shops the open market to bring the best value on life insurance and investments Give him an email, scott at soonerwealth.com, or go check it out. 124 Main Street, North Main Street in Elk City. It's Garrison Financial. Scott Garrison. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Good luck to the Sooners tomorrow. All right. Thanks. We're going to take a break. I better turn them off. (laughs) When we come back, we'll hit the high school results from yesterday. Look ahead to tonight. Also, college football. little NFL mixed in as well. Skinny on sports. Turned you, I turned you off. I wasn't sure what y'all were doing over there. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The skinny on sports. You can't say on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Apropos there with the MLB playoffs starting today. And guess what? Nobody cares. <laughs> Just a bit outside. <laughs> he tried the corner in this. I actually <laughs> listening to uh, yesterday, listening to uh, Jay and, and Jeremy called the Elk City mm-hmm. versus, I think it was the first game. I think it was Elk City Chickasha. And I could hear Dylan off to the side. Uh, Emily Lawrence, I believe it was, or may, it might have been BB, hit a foul ball down the left field line. He could tell she. It sounded like she hit it pretty good. And I could hear Dylan in the background go, "Too high." <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, too high? <laughs> and, oh goodness! Uh, one of the better ones of all time, uh, as far as sports movies, for sure. Comedies. Oh, it's right man. up there at the 
Very, very top. Says the skinny on sports on a Garrison Financial Friday. Scott was just in here uh, reliving OU Texas and also uh, some NIL for the high school stuff. Hey, uh, man, he can do it all. I mention this every Friday. Uh, he can manage your investments for you. Or if you're one of those people that likes to kind of be hands-on with what's going on with your money and with your investments, he can charge you hourly to build a plan that then you can manage. Uh, so it's kind of a if you're if you're wanting to dip your toe in that water, but you're not exactly sure how to get started, uh, he can do a he does a great job to do that to build that plan that that you that you can manage. Also, uh, he loves to work with your client with the uh, the accountants, your accountant, to make sure and streamline all those tax ramifications for your returns. Uh, once that comes about each and every year, Garrison Financial, it's on 124 North Main Street uh, in Elk City. Send him an email, Scott at SoonerWealth. Dot com and I need to actually call him after the show uh, to get something working um, for anyhow I forgot to ask him that while he was here uh, Jared yesterday fall baseball fast pitch softball state tournaments in the smaller classes regional tournaments in the larger classes let's start out uh, with the fast pitch state tournament uh, up at Hall of Fame Stadium class A there was a lot of representation uh, from out here on the west side of the state. Unfortunately, uh, the games just did not go uh, their way. Canute battled hard against number one Caddo. It was 4-2 in the fifth, uh, but that ends up being a 13-2 loss for the Trojanettes, but still a great season uh, for Coach Gillette and his girls in, in Gillette's first year taking taking over the, the softball side of things over there at Canute. Yeah, I think signs of things to come. There's a lot of uh, youth in that program. Obviously, I'm very involved in it and seeing it. And, um, but yeah, that for you kind of expected it with him taking over, and he just has a way of uh, getting his teams deep into the playoffs, in this case, first round of state. But uh, hats off to Caddo, though, watching that game. Uh, they get on base, and they are aggressive on the base path, and they, they make you pay for your mistakes. And kudos, you know, that Canute gave up three early runs in the first, and they were the home team, came down the bottom first and got two of them back and, you know, gave up another one. It was 4-2 to two for a long time, and then um, it, the Caddo's bats just got to rolling there uh, late in the game and, and, uh, and getting the win 13-2. to two. That's a tough team. Uh, but Canute's a tough program. They'll bounce back. Congrats to uh, Gillette and his staff and the seniors uh, and the team and the seniors especially on uh, great careers there in fast-pitch softball. Maybe the the most, I don't know, disappointing, but surprising at least result of the day from from a spread perspective was Shattuck and Sterling. Uh, Sterling beat Shattuck 11-4. to uh, Not that Sterling beat Shattuck necessarily, but just how dominant they were. Sterling scored five runs in the first inning and just kind of put Shattuck away at that point. So that one surprised me. Shattuck had been rolling coming into this state tournament. I thought that they would, you know, just one of those days. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you just don't have it. And that was uh, certainly the case for the Lady Indians yesterday in an 11-4 to loss uh, to Sterling. Ripley beat uh, Rappo Butler 10-0, 33-5 this year for the Lady Indians of Rappo Butler. And then the only win, uh, or well, I guess both Sterling and then Cyril knocked off Red Oak 8-1, ending their season. So we got Cyril, Ripley, Caddo, and Sterling are the two semifinals in Class A. In Class B, uh, we saw a a good luck text earlier, uh, earlier this week on the text line for Whitesboro. And guess what? Must have worked. It must have worked as uh, P- 
Peyton Baker, head coach Peyton Baker and her little sister Addison Walker with Whitesboro shut out Turner two to nothing. So number eight beats number one in Class B. Whitesboro moves on to face Moss. Moss clipped Lakeba Sickles one nothing. Uh, all shutouts. All of these games in Class, Class B were B close, close and yeah. shutouts. Uh, Stewart shut out Kiowa two to nothing. Then Buffalo Valley, the last game of the day or the four o'clock game, shut out Tupelo one to nothing. So you've got Whitesboro and Moss, then Stewart and Buffalo Valley in the Class B fast pitch tournament. Uh, moving on to fall baseball, man, uh, just here's the deal, folks. Canute ran up against the buzzsaw. Silo is that program. Silo and Roth in yeah. Class A and Class B in the fall, they are those programs. Uh, they are the ones that you don't want to see. And, and Silo, the Rebels, uh, hand Canute a 10 nothing loss, still a, a great first fall baseball season uh, for Coach Varnell. Those seniors uh, that will come back in the spring uh, still have tons to be proud of yeah. in their careers over there as far as the fall baseball goes uh, at Canute. Yeah, yeah. And, um, kind of reflecting what just said about Gillette, Varnell, he looks like a winning guy, a winning guy and, and – continuing to keep that program going and again i mean it's it it's it i'll say it it sucks to lose it does but gotta be very proud of getting all the way to the state tournament uh, not everybody goes to the state you know everybody makes playoffs in oklahoma not everybody goes to the state so that is quite an accomplishment in varnell's first year and um yeah, spring should be a lot of fun and i think the future is very bright because i got some young pieces to that team uh you know jake butler stands out uh, the younger Winery, uh, I forget his name, and I'm sorry, Mom and Dad. I forget his name. It's on the top of my head. Starts at the K like his big brother, Kyron. Anyways, great youth there, great program, great seniors. This Again, spring should be fun, and congrats on a great season in the fall. <clears throat> uh, Oktaha knocked off Amber Pocas at 9-1. Dale doubled up her tan 6-3. And then Binger, or, I'm sorry, Binger, Bing knocked off Worcester 3-2. Uh, that's probably a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people around the state that Bing was able to beat Worcester. I knew Whistler. I'd get a text. Keaton. Keaton. I, was gonna say, <laughs> I knew I'd get a text. <laughs> I was looking at the text line waiting on Jeremy. It came. <laughs> Just to your phone. To mine. <laughs> uh, so that is Class A in the uh, fall baseball. Class B, fall baseball, Roth, no shocker, 5 nothing over Kiowa. They will get Moss, who shut out Tupelo 3 to nothing. Then down in the bottom half of the bracket, you've got uh, Calumet and Fort Cobb. Calumet uh, beat Boswell 5-4. Fort Cobb hammered Buffalo Valley 13-2. These two did meet earlier in the season. Uh, Fort Cobb beat Calumet 12-2 that day. Uh, so at least there'll be one. Uh, there'll be one from uh, east of I-35, one from west of I-35 in the Class B Fall Baseball State Championship. Looking down into the regional tournaments in fast pitch in 4A, man, Elk City with a uh, snuck out a win over Chickasha in the first game, uh, three to two. Aubrey Pogue hit just a little bleeder that got over the pitcher in between short and second and spun away from the second baseman for the game-winning RBI. She was nails in the circle all day long, um, not only in the Chickasha game, but then facing, I thought, Tecumseh won it last year. Turns out Gro Lone Grove is the defending cha state champion. See, I was wondering about that. The, then I thought, wait, maybe they were 3A last year. They jumped up. No, Lone Grove, they had Lone like Grove. a walk-off. Yes, Was they it did. against Tecumseh? I think it may have been. Okay, they had that walk-off uh, single. And so it's nothing-nothing throughout the game. The Elkettes had a couple of different chances to maybe move runners around and get somebody across the plate. The one that stands out uh, was with Satili on first and two outs. 
Riley Wyatt hit an absolute screamer into left field. Looked like it was going to get in the gap, maybe to the fence, maybe allow Ella to come all the way around from first and score. And the left fielder made a diving, unbelievable catch on that line drive. Uh, And I think that was the fifth inning when that happened, the top of the fifth. Just a great play uh, by the Lone Grove left fielder to for sure keep it from being first and third, if not maybe a double and, uh, and an RBI. And then there in the seventh inning, you know, uh, it was the Elkettes loaded the bases with nobody out, or Lone Grove did, um, a strikeout and then a fly out to right field. And, you know, you, you could sense that, you know, the outfields obviously moved in to try to cut off that run at the plate however they can. And so as an outfielder, you're in that position ready to go on anything hit to you, knowing tagging, you know, got to make a throw, got to get it out fast. And unfortunately, the throw – was just way wide um, coming in from the from right field, and and it allowed uh, Lone Grove to score on a, on a on a ball that I don't think she was really coming. Kind of bluffed, caused the throw. The throw was wild, and uh, Lone Grove ends up beating the Elkettes one nothing. So they'll turn around and play Chickasha at ten o'clock today. You can watch that one on BigElkTV.com. But uh, a heck of a fight uh, as a freshman in that arena. Aubrey Pogue was awesome last night. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely awesome. Never flinched against uh, the Lone Grove Lady Longhorns, but unfortunately the Elkettes just couldn't scratch anything on the offensive side to be able to come away with that win. That was tough. I, I saw that ending. I was obviously watching Canute. When that went off, I turned on Elk City and, and saw that ending. What a what a crazy – when it's 0-0 zero to zero going to 7th, everybody's on pins and needles yeah. and – uh, just you know, you blink and then something could happen. But and that's what happened. You, and I, I actually, that's what I did. I kind of looked away. Then I, I looked up. I saw that they won. What happened? So I'm glad you explained it to me. But I think they'll bounce back. They'll be fine. And and um, you know, I they've told Lone Grove we're not here to mess around. And you got you know, we took you all the way to the seventh zero zero. We're not about to back down. So I think the Elkettes will bounce back against Chickasha here in about 15 minutes and starting here in about 15 minutes and move on and, and we can we're gonna have some fun games coming up yeah I can't let that can't let that game beat you twice exactly <clears throat> is the one thing about take it take the positives away from that's it. right take the positives away from it yeah this quick turnaround after that loss but the Elkats will play Chickasha at 10 in other action cash another district one team they won twice yesterday so they're in the driver's seat of their uh, regional Weatherford split. They beat Elgin, then lost to Perkins try on 2 nothing. I think Perkins hit a two-run first-inning home run, and that was it hmm. uh, in that game. So Weatherford will take on Plainview over at Weatherford. They have to win that one to then play Perkins and hopefully beat them twice if the Lady Eagles want to make it into the state tournament. Let's, uh, let's look to tonight right quick on the high school football gridiron. Actually, first, let's go back to last night. Two scores of note that I thought from from around the state. One was right here, Paragon TV. Man, Laverne got out to a quick start and just kind of held Hollis at arm's length throughout the night as Laverne beats Hollis 46-14. to So kind of a, a measuring stick game for yeah. the Hollis Tigers to figure out what Class B District 1 was all about. Uh, they found out in a rude way up at Laverne. So Hollis falls to 0-1 in the district. Laverne wins. Uh, 46 to 14. Then the biggest game in the state, or one of the biggest two, I guess, in my mind, uh, with Coweta and McAllister. Coweta being a 49 to nothing. Wow. Just killed McAllister. 49 to nothing. So maybe the Coweta Tigers are for real. Question on the text line yes, Tuttle is out. Uh, they got beat yesterday by Newcastle. Uh, seven to four, or something like that. Newcastle tied it in the seventh with a run and then hit a walk off three run bomb. 
uh, to eliminate the Tuttle Tigers. Wow. And then Newcastle went on. They they actually beat Tecumseh the first game, lost to Tecumseh 2-1. to one. Uh, So Tecumseh did punch their ticket into the 4A state tournament uh, over Newcastle. That's how that worked out tonight. Right, uh, Big Elk TV, Cool 94, we've got the Elks at Cash. This is a uh, – I'm glad in a lot of ways, Jared, that Cash – is the next opponent because they're right there undefeated in the district to not catch the Elks still kind of basking in the glory of winning that game last week against Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I agree. I agree. I think it's, I'm, I'm anxious to see how Elk City responds after the Clinton game. And I, I liked what I heard from coach Maynard in here saying, you know, we've had the promo running. Clinton was the most important game at that time. Now cash is the most important game. And when cash is done, Chickasha and so on and so on. So I like that approach, and I think he's got everybody bought in after talking to um, uh, Gage Eastman yesterday, and he just he kind of answered that question without me even asking. It was like, okay, that was then. This is now. These are the this is the opponent. The Bulldogs are the next test because you can't win a district title just by beating one team. You gotta you gotta take care of the rest. So I want to see them come out, be play good, sound football in all all three phases of the game and get the win like they should. They are the better team, but it is a road game, and Cash has always kind of been pesky to the Big Elks. Man, down there. Down there, uh, I been... think Elk City's uh, has beat them once in the last decade, and that was last year. That was last year? Yeah. Yeah. So go down there, take care of business, and they should be okay. Also, I have Chickasha at Woodward. Weird scheduling quirks with teams tonight. Chickasha is at, Word- at Woodward. The Chicks will play their last four on the road starting tonight. So their last four games are all on the road. They've got Woodward, they've got Clinton, they've got Elk City, and they got Cash. All on the road hmm. uh, starting tonight up in Woodward. And then Clinton is the exact opposite of that. Yeah, they the started, Red Tornadoes yeah. will play their last four at home uh, starting with weather for tonight. So the Custer County conflict tonight over in the in the uh, Tornado uh, Bowl. Picking that one? Oh, Clinton. Come on, man. Come on, man. It'll be tough. I think it's going to be tougher than what most people think. If it was keep, next, keep if it was next week, I could maybe you see. You don't it. see him went losing back to back. No, you're telling me. You, you know how you know you know where you didn't want to be this week at a red tornado practice wearing the practice jersey. Ooh, that's true. That's true. I don't think that was all that much fun over there this nah, week. I bet not. After what happened last week. Yeah, it is homecoming for him. It is is that this ultimate sign of disrespect in the Custer County conflict to have your homecoming? On that game? It's happened the other way. Has it? When I was in high school, it happened once. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. And then about a four-touchdown win later wasn't such a good homecoming. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, you're right. I, it's hard for me to see Clinton losing back-to-back, especially to Elk and then Weatherford. It is in the Tornado Bowl. It is homecoming, all that stuff. But – but there's some intangibles there too. Are they healthy? They have the uh, their their most dynamic player not on the field tonight. Yeah, Barker wouldn't be able to play. So we'll see what happens. And just looking at the size of the guys in the secondary for Clinton, I see a pretty big advantage for C.J. Nixon. Sure. Yeah. Against it's, everybody, it's but just, I wouldn't just go ahead. That and game say, is that game is weird. There's no doubt. It's not very OU Texas like sometimes. Game. I'll take Clinton. If you want Weatherford, you can have him. No, I'm not. I didn't think you'd want not. him. No, that's rat poison. 
Uh, we've also got on Paragon TV tonight, Merritt at Burns Flat Dill City. The Eagles still undefeated, made their initial appearance in the AP poll this week at number nine. They've been getting some votes the last couple of weeks. Uh, got enough to push them into the poll this week. So Merritt at Burns Flat Dill City. You can hear that one right here on this radio station, 98.1 FM, 1240 AM. Uh, also in District 1 in Class A, Fairview goes to Sayre. Ouch. Moreland versus Hooker <laughs> and Texoma uh, will play at home against Thomas. Then those other B1 games tonight, uh, we mentioned Laverne beating Hollis last night. you got Tur- Turpin at Beaver, but then Balco Forgan versus Shattuck. Uh, that'll be a huge game there uh, for this first week of district games. And then statewide, the other monster game statewide happens to be in Class 4A with Cushing hosting Wagner. Right. Right. I can't wait to see what the final is. Now, weather, uh, weather uh, rain, is that going to be an issue for some? I think a lot of this is going to burn off by mid-afternoon. I know that for Elk City fans going down to cash, it doesn't look like it's going to be an issue. It will be cloudy, maybe a little cooler than what we're used to, so bring a hoodie. Maybe a rain jacket just in case. You never know. Cushing Wagner would definitely favor Wagner if it's raining. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. And you heard the voice of Scott Garrison there. It's a financial Friday with Scott. Garrison Financial is down at 124 North Main Street here in Elk City. He'll do it all, the full financial planning Shop in the open market, bringing you the best value on your investments and life insurance. Give him a shoot him an email, Scott at SoonerWealth.com. All right, Jared, head on a little bit at the first of the show. Uh, let's go around the college football landscape this week, starting down in Dallas. Red River rivalry. Uh, Quinn Ewers, since we were on the air last, uh, it's official that he will be the starting quarterback for the University of Texas. I think a lot of people assume that was the case, uh, but Pete Thamel made it official yesterday in a report starting to kind of look like maybe Dylan Gabriel is going to play for Oklahoma uh, when you hear reports of him at practice with pads and this and that. It's a lot more, I'll say this, it's a hell of a lot more optimistic now than it was on about Monday or Tuesday that Gabriel might be able to play, which a lot of people would consider the only chance that Oklahoma would have mm-hmm. would be him being able to play and then snap out of whatever funk uh, that he's been in. Been in. I, I will say this, though. When you look back at those upsets, the recent ones have all been Texas teams that weren't very good going into the game. People didn't give them much chance against good Oklahoma teams. The common denominator in those upsets, has the offense hasn't mattered. It's been defense. When you look back at 2013, 
it was defense uh, that Texas got a touchdown, got a special teams uh, punt return for a touchdown, shut down Blake Bell throughout almost that entire game. The score ends up looking closer than it really was. 36-20 was the final, uh, but Case McCoy and that offense got a defensive touchdown, got the special teams touchdown, and did just enough uh, offensively, but it was all about defense that day for Texas and holding the Sooners down. Then in 2015, an Oklahoma team that went to the playoff, a Texas team that finished 5-7, and seven, Texas wins 24-17. They held that Baker Mayfield offense to 17 points. Once again, defense was the catalyst. And I think that's what you'll notice in a lot of these really bigger upset games in this series. It, the, the offense is what the offense is, but the defenses showed up, show up and played inspired football for one Saturday in October. To me, that, as much as the quarterback thing, is a huge problem for OU, especially if Gabriel can't play. It's still all about defense to me, whether or not the Sooners are going to make this game or make this a game or not. My issues with that is that defense that we've seen the last two weeks from OU has not been very good. That that's the negative side. There's the pessimist side of it, but the optimistic side is when you talk about defense, <coughs> and when you have a head coach named Brent Venables who's been uh, very defensive minded, obviously, maybe he can conjure something up where that defense can keep it close for as long as it takes for the offense to do enough to win. That's the only hope I think OU has. So there is hope there because of Brent Venables. You could think that he could probably break down film of, of Texas and even Ewers or whoever it may be taking snaps. This is how we defend them. If we can execute this way, we can create that chaos defense that we've saw in the first three games, especially at Nebraska, start doing some similar stuff like that get in the backfield, create pressure, create bad throws, maybe in a turnover or two, and then keep that offense where maybe it takes them a little bit to get going, which we've seen, that gives you a chance. That's the only chance I think OU has. But but if Ewers plays, let's face it, like he did against Alabama before he got knocked out, that's going to be worrisome. And then, you know, we haven't even mentioned, uh, you know, B. John Robinson, and, and then, you know, you mentioned the wideouts yesterday, and, those are some dynamic dudes, man. Keep them at bay. That's 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 the only time. That's the only chance OU has. The only chance. Health is a concern. Health is a mighty concern for OU right now. Heard a report yesterday: a linebacker's out for the season, so another one goes down. Uh, depth and health is a big concern. But again, it could be a guy that we've never heard of or didn't even think about steps up and makes a play, and all of a sudden we're, that's the guy who stripped the ball away late in the fourth quarter that sealed the win. I mean, stuff like that. I'm very interested in this game. Though you can keep it close for first two or three drives, then we might have something. They have to do something early to get the crowd fired up. Because any OU fan I've talked to, nobody is excited. No. about this game because I, I think everyone assumes or can see the writing on the wall that this is about to be a Texas massacre if things keep going the way they've gone so something early to get the crowd inspired because the, the that crowd the way that that stadium is on this day it can really influence things tons but you got to give them a reason to believe you got to give them a reason to be rowdy early to to try to make a difference you want them rowdy, crazy, like the second half was last year in that game. But you got you can't fall behind like that. <laughs> you don't, or it will no. be half full, right. like well, we've seen right. in the past because, from the other yeah, side. They're going to say, "Well, they don't have the horses to come back like they did last year." You don't want the crowd leaving 
like the Denver crowd last night. <laughs> we didn't even touch on that. But, yeah, that's a good point. You want to keep that crowd there, keep them engaged, keep them loud, keep, them, keep the hope on the crimson side of the bowl. That's right. Something early has to go your way. And quite honestly, it would be I think it would mean a lot more if it was some sort of defensive play and not offensive play. Because then that belief even goes higher. Like, oh, wait a minute. This is this could be back to the to the first couple weeks. This is, you know, Venables making a difference and then whatever you want to right. convince yourself of at the time. I think it would be more important to make a defensive play than an offensive play early to really get things going. Uh, Oklahoma State try to avoid a landmine in tech. I mentioned yesterday uh, it's a series that I thought was way closer recently than it is. Oklahoma State's won 11 of the last 13. The scores in, in Stillwater, though, have been uh, just been awesome, fun games to watch. I know that I was there outside uh, chilling at Eskimo Joe's in like 2003 when it was a back-and-forth just score fest. Uh, then it ended up being like 51 to 49 or something like that. I think Amendola had like five touchdowns. I mean, it was nuts, uh, what I can remember of it anyway. In uh, those scores, it seems like there's a 50 something to 40 something most years in Stillwater. Um, you know, this year, Tech, it's, they throw it a lot, but, I, but it feels like their best players are the running backs. And so they've kind of got a conundrum. I think McGuire would like to be more of a run run first guy. I think he does commit to the run a little bit more than what we've seen from some coaches in the past there, Ball specifically yeah. Leach and Kingsbury. I like the matchup, though, for Oklahoma State. Uh, if they could force uh, Tech into being one-dimensional and have to fling it all over the lot, I would like the chances for Oklahoma State then to pin their ears back, really harass Donovan Smith into some mistakes. Tech is minus six in the turnover battle so far this year. That doesn't bode well in a trip to Oklahoma State. But I will say this, even though Tech is minus six in the turnover battle, they have been in every single game, if not win it. So the closer this game is toward the end, I think the more it's in Texas Tech's favor because they've won two games in overtime. They've made clutch plays so far this season in some wins that they've had. Yeah, I, I agree. I think OSU's the better team, but just what you described there, Texas Tech likes to run the ball in ball control, ball control, try to keep the ball. And that might be their best bet or their best chance to win this game is to keep the ball out of the OSU's offense hands, especially Sanders because he's been fantastic. So that's where the OSU defense needs to step up. They've been good. Are they like last year's? No, we're past last year. This is this year. But they are good. I think they're one of the best defenses in the league. So I don't expect that to change. This is in Stillwater. It might be close for a quarter, but I think OSU has no problem with Tech. I really I really do. I don't think they have any issues with them. I'm on your side on that one. <clears throat> I think Oklahoma State's going to win that game. Uh, KU, can they stay unbeaten real quick? Yes. Oh, I'll take them. Really? They're the team of destiny. You want to see something sickening? TMZ just well, just what? put what? out the uh, Draymond Green punch video. Are you serious? Of hitting Jordan Poole. It's ridiculous. Uh, anyhow, what about uh, Kansas State? Once Kansas State is the under the radar team in the country, and if we're, and in this conference, are they? If they can get a win, who picked them earlier? If in the they year to can look at them, yeah, but I mean, you can look I was at whoever. All about them. Did you put them in the title game? I don't think I put them there, but I put them at the top. Maybe four okay, well, conference. I'll put what? them as a sleeper team that we keep an eye on. If they can win this game, now they have to start being considered as one of the favorites along with Oklahoma State with wins at Oklahoma and at Iowa State to their credit. That would be a huge early boon uh, for Chris Kleiman and the Wildcats. I don't think it's going to happen. 
You're going Iowa State. Iowa State's won three out of four in the uh, in the Farmageddon series. Iowa State's defense last week should have been enough to beat Kansas. It wasn't because of too much faith in a field goal kicker that couldn't make a field goal on Matt Campbell's part. I think he's learned from that, and I think that you're going to see an inspired Cyclone team ruin Iowa uh, ruin Kansas State's early season success. Okay, I like it. I like when you pick one and I pick the other. Saban Fisher, it's lost some luster. Alabama, 24.5. Bryce Young's status kind of up in the air a little bit. With him, I think Bama blows him out without him. I don't don't think Texas A&M necessarily in the game, but I don't think it gets as ugly as what a lot of people around here want it to be unless Bryce Young is on a full go. Yeah, I think Alabama rolls, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh. I don't see that. So, uh, but I'm still going to watch because of the Saban. Absolutely. I might just watch the fourth the quarter end. at the end. What's that handshake going to look like? What about uh, you like my hypo theory? In, uh, I, I like it. Hypo with the chance yeah. in Tennessee down at uh, Death Valley. They need to win this game because if they win this game, I mean, as, as soon as the clock hits zero there and then obviously in Tuscaloosa, I think ESPN puts out the tweet that we're headed to Knoxville next week to hang out with Vol Nation, with uh, Bama coming to town a week from today, or a week from tomorrow to Tennessee. You know, they're they're a hard team to prepare for. Kudos, though, a little bit to Brian Kelly. That team looked like a dumpster fire the first week, an absolute dumpster fire. And he's kind of righted the ship here a little bit, under the radar, the fact that LSU's only lost that one game uh, that first weekend against Florida State. Yep, they're – how often does that happen? We've seen that a lot where a team, is they're just buried after their very first game, and then all of a sudden here they are ranked in 4-1. and one. UCLA, give and them a chance. that team happens to be LSU on the SEC. What's what about that? LSU or uh, UCLA? UCLA hosting Utah. Yeah, I, I think they have a shot. I do. Boy, I do too. But that defense It's the Utah most under-the-radar ra- under game this weekend. Yeah, it's really weird because they're both ranked. I know. That's the thing. It's like nobody even realizes it. Nobody's gonna, yeah. And nobody's gonna be there. And nobody's gonna be there. Nobody's gonna watch. Over under thirty grand in the stands. Way I think, under. I'm gonna call over because I think Utah people will go. That's true. That's true. It's like when I went, there was a ton of OU fans. So yeah, Utah follows. They get they, to go each every other year or whatever yeah. because they're in the same conference. So it's not quite the allure of you know getting to go to the Rose Bowl to see the Sooners like it was for you. But I think I, I think they'd be decent. Oh, they got crowd. a good following. They got a good fan base and it's not that far away from yeah i i I agree that yeah so maybe slightly over like 35 yeah was last night the worst nfl game of all time yes yes that was abysmal man well there's a couple reasons why you might be right so according to uh, elias dug up by espn stats and info Last night was the first game in NFL history that featured two opposing quarterbacks throwing for 250 yards each, and neither team scored a touchdown. So Matty Ryan threw for 251, Russell 274. Neither team could muster a touchdown. Before last night, there had been seven times where that had happened, except for the the number was 200 yards. Both quarterbacks had thrown for 200. Guess what? is the same about all three of those games or the last two the last two of those seven russell wilson was involved Hmm. also 
another reason why this could have been. Put that on top of this stat, the Colts became the second team in the Super Bowl era to win a game in which they scored no touchdowns, threw multiple interceptions, and were sacked at least six times. The last time that happened, 1973. Oh, my goodness. Here's the thing. Next Thursday, it's not going to get any better. Ah, and then Commander's Bears, is that who it is? Yeah. I bet it's better than this. I think the Bears might have a little bit more offense. Commanders are on the brink of just blowing it up this season. Last night's game tied the record. Uh, it's been done a few times for the most combined field goals without a touchdown. Where most combined field goals when the only way to score was field goal. Remember when I said yesterday I like really good defensive games? Yeah, you're. Uh, but this is not it. That, that was, was bad not, offense. That, that was not it. It was just really bad offense. Okay, what else? Real quick, what do you like from around the NFL this week? Well, obviously, really interested in Dallas and L.A. The Rams. Rams kind of limping in, and, and Dallas riding high, and it's not necessarily just because of Cooper Rush. That defense has really been good. Even in that loss, they've been really good, their opening season loss. So I, I want, I'm, it's come to the point when I watch Dallas's defense, I'm watching 11. Where is he? And I'm just watching. You and everybody else. You I'm and the just, other team. Yeah, I'm watch, I don't even watch the snap. I'm watching Parsons, and I'm like, where is he going to be? Where is he going to go? What's he going to do? The dude is must-watch television when Dallas is on. But there's that. Um, do you realize we have another OU quarterback versus OU yeah, quarterback? Yeah, I was just looking at that. Could it be? Could Is Kyler going to be the one to take down the Philadelphia Phillies? I don't know. That would be a fun one. Sunday night's good. Cincinnati and Baltimore. Yeah. It's a big game early on in the north Yep. with the way those teams have kind of struggled out of the gate. Baltimore, <clears throat> less so than Cincinnati. Baltimore is just blue leads. Uh, there was one other. Oh, shocking. The the shocking game of the week over in London. Aren't they in London again? Yes. The 3-1 and one Giants. I think everybody thought Green Bay might be 3-1, and one, but not the Giants. Yeah. And I'm already, you're already hearing some uh, Green Bay Packer players whining about having to be there. Oh, give me a break. Look out. You knew what you signed up for. Look out, Giants. Look out for the Giants. Yep. Hey, if it's like if it's anything like last week's game in London, oh no, sign, sign me, me up. up. Yep. And like I said last on Monday, give me all of this and less of the Thursday night. I've got a theory about the Thursday night that I just remembered. I'll tell you on Monday. All right. How to remedy this problem? Okay. Everybody have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax 
tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.